What's up, friends? It's Haley Hines, a.k.a. Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Em the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and GTB listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash give them the bird. You've maybe heard of BetterHelp. It's customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. So if you are looking into affordable therapy options and are open to online, check out BetterHelp.com slash bird for 10% off your first month of therapy. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash bird. What's up, friends? Welcome back to GTB. I'm Haley, aka Bird, and I am so happy you are tuning in for this interview with Laura Days. Laura is a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and yoga instructor who is on a mission to change the world one woman at a time. While many nutrition programs only give advice about food, Laura aims to help each amazing client transform from the inside out. Laura focuses on improving your mindset, unlearning your past conditioning, and creating productive daily habits so that you can find food freedom and step into your power. This interview with Laura was so much freaking fun, and I am very aware that I say that literally at the beginning of every single episode, and it's not because I'm fibbing and just trying to entice you to listen on. It's because I have damn good taste in guests, and I have truly enjoyed chatting with every single one of my guests that I've had. They've been so much fun. But it's funny because going into this episode, or this interview rather, my energy was actually really low, which is fairly rare. I'm typically pretty energetic. But you'll hear, at least when I re-listen to the episode, I hear that my energy continually builds throughout it. And that is because Laura's energy is so freaking contagious, you all. More importantly, though, I think that her take on nutrition coaching goes above and beyond what I was expecting. So in this episode, Laura and I chat about how her definition of what it means to be healthy and fit has changed over the years, both personally and professionally. She also gives us a breakdown of what is a nutrition coach and how does that compare to being a registered dietitian, which I think that breakdown is really important. Laura also talks a little bit about her experience with CrossFit and what she gained by participating in the sport. She tells us more about what food freedom means to her and how she helps her clients achieve it. Laura then gives us a rundown of her services, and towards the end, we talk more about the scholarships she offers for her Nutrition Empowerment Project and why we both think it's so freaking important for more wellness professionals to understand the impact that systemic racism plays in our work. If you like this episode, feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can take a quick second to leave a review, which are super helpful for the pod. And of course, share it with any or all of your friends who you think may benefit from it. All right, without further ado, here's my convo with the empowering Lara Days. Welcome to the podcast, Lara Days. Hello. Woohoo. 
I am so jazzed to have you here as we've been talking. I feel like you're an old friend, like I've known you for forever and um, love your personality. So I'm really pumped to have you here. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> you're awesome. So just to kick it off, um, give us an intro of who you are. Tell us more about you. Totally. So my life story is very long. I will not give you all the deets. Um, but well, you know, partly because I'm kind of old, but partly just because, you know, I've done a lot of random shit. Um, so my name is Lara Days. I currently live in Dallas, Texas, but I'm originally from good old Iowa. Um, I grew up in sports and music. I actually went to school for music. My bachelor's and master's degrees are in voice performance and music ed. Um, but I was also on the softball team in college. So just couldn't, and it was like an accident. Um, I actually got an email from the softball coach my junior year and she was like, Hey, I heard you play. Um, and I didn't know who she was. So I was like, cool. I went to a conservatory of music and like never planned to actually play a college sport, but there we are. Um, and then fast forward to getting my master's doing I got into yoga, did my yoga um, teacher certification, actually back in Iowa City, um, started doing CrossFit, did not know anything about nutrition until I started doing CrossFit, um, had all sorts of like weird, I had some IBS issues when I was younger and some hormone stuff going on, really bad periods and just kind of started using my body as an experiment and <clears throat> documenting it. And people started asking me for help with their health. And I was like, I don't know how to help you. I am <laughs> a musician and I don't know what you're asking me. And I had people that kept re reaching out. So um, in 20, I guess it was 2019, I did my precision nutrition level one certification and just kind of started helping people. And here we are almost two years after I started this accidental side hustle and I'm about to quit my music teaching job to take wow. my coaching full time. That is amazing. You know, it's, I've changed my coaching. It's done a 180 since I started, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about later, but um, yeah, it's, it's been really crazy to just kind of, I don't, sometimes I feel like I'm so in it. And other times it's almost like this weird, like bystander thing happening as I'm just like observing the kind of metamorphosis of my business and like how it's changed me. And it's just been really interesting. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of on that note, tell me more about how your definition of healthy and fit has changed over the years. Um, and this might be where like professionally that falls into play, but even for you personally, because I know having like the CrossFit background or even like athletics um, growing up, just really where you were and, and, and the shifts that you've made throughout the years. Totally. So I was very, very lucky in that I grew up in a household where we did not have foods that were off limits necessarily. We, Amen. my parents were, they probably fucking hate that I say this on podcasts, but whatever they, I didn't realize this was weird until I was grown that like they were, had the door open to their bedroom and bathroom, like every morning when they were getting ready. So whether they mm -hmm. were like putting their shoes on or like just getting out of the shower, buck naked, <laughs> like their door was literally always open for us. 
I can absolutely, yeah, I'd relate to that. That is my mom, like yes. hippie, hippie woman. Yes. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, and you know, as a kid, my friends were like, oh, that's weird. But like really what it did was it showed that there was no shame around their bodies. And so that translated to me and my younger sibling who don't have shame around our bodies. So that was kind of my upbringing. And like, they were very big on making sure that we were getting our nutrients, right? Like we always had vegetables and protein and carbs and fats at our meals. And there were (laughs) some guidelines. I remember, um, I like to joke about this. We were not allowed to buy cereal that had more than 12 grams of sugar. And like we had Pop-Tarts, but they were like the whole wheat Pop-Tarts. Right. So like, it's not that the junk foods or whatever were like bad. They were just, my parents wanted to make sure we were actually getting nutrients also. But, you know, if we went to a friend's house, they were like, you know, by all means, like you're at a friend's house, you're having a sleepover or whatever it is, like drink your Mountain Dew, do whatever. Try to stay up till 3am. I don't know if y'all ever did that, but we would like get hyped on Mountain Dew and be like, how late can we stay up? Um, So, you know, they moved their bodies. I was in sports. My younger sibling was in sports. We really, and it wasn't ever pushed. It was like something that we wanted to do and our parents were very supportive. And so healthy just meant literally that like we were not sick and we were not injured. Like we were moving our bodies and we felt good. And that's kind of what that meant. Um, And then I went all the way to like, going to college and not being in a sport initially and having all this delicious food and like definitely gained weight my freshman year, not liking that I gained weight. I'm going to try to like drink these metabolism boosting teas and like all sorts of weird, oh God, like we went there and we went there. Um, and then luckily got back into like being on the softball team and things like that and was active again. And didn't know how to work out on my own actually, because I had always been on sports teams. So like those two years of my freshman and sophomore year in college were really tough for me because I literally was like, well, I mean, we were doing power cleans and stuff, but I don't know where to do that. So I guess I'll just get on the elliptical for 45 minutes. And like that's, that'll be that. Um, and then I think my biggest shift was when I started CrossFit, um, because that was where I, started seeing people and especially women who were focused on performance and not aesthetics. And that was a really, really cool thing for me. I had been running half marathons and like walked in with this big ass ego, like I just ran a half marathon. And they were like, cool. Can you pick up that empty barbell? And I was like, no, Uh, no, I can't actually. Um, (laughs) so it was very humbling and, um, that was really cool. Then I went a little bit too far and like really wanted to be, I'm very competitive. So it was like, I want to be the best. I want to train six days a week, hashtag like team no days off or whatever, no rest days, all the things. Um, and had another big shift when I started working with clients and saw for the first time an abundance of issues with food from a mental and an emotional standpoint, because that is not something that I struggled with again, like, which is very lucky and rare. And that's when I really started to take a more holistic, um, viewpoint when it comes to health. And like, yes, it's about 
being injury and disease free, but it's also about our mental health, our emotional health, our social health, our financial health, like all of these things impact our health and well-being. And so that is where I have landed and don't necessarily, I mean, I never thought that my ideas would shift. So I guess I won't say that I'll be staying here because I don't know. Um, but that feels very aligned for me that, you know, whatever my client's idea of health is, is what I want for them. And part of that, hopefully, and tends to be the case when I'm attracting clients is that they want food freedom, they want to feel confident. And it's really not about, you know, losing weight. It's more just about gaining confidence. And I have, I've many clients who do lose weight as part of the process, but I've also had, you know, one or two clients that come to the top of my mind who actually gained weight because they released the expectations of having to be a certain size or see a certain number on the scale. And that improves their health. So I think it's different for everyone, but really that holistic idea of, you know, feeling happy and healthy in your body, but also in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, what you were saying about, well, actually I should say that there's been several guests that I have had. I think you're the third one who has shared that like growing up, there wasn't an overemphasis on like dieting or bodies or any of that. And I think it's so interesting to see that because, um, I think there are also so many people that get into this work because there was an overemphasis on dieting or weight or body shape and size. Um, so again, I just, I love it when I hear that people are like, yeah, I didn't have that growing up. It's like, huh, it's refreshing and it's amazing. And it's so good to hear. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about the CrossFit stuff because I had, I, when I emailed you, I had told you like as a kind of former fellow CrossFitter, um, I mean, I still dabble a little bit. Um, I think that it gets hated on a lot. And um, from what I've learned, you know, at least from your experience, and I'll have you talk more about it, it was really a stepping stone for you. And it kind of catapulted you into where you are today. So talk more about your experience um, with CrossFit. Yeah, so I only kind of knew what it was. And I actually, in my brain, it was way more of like an orange theory type thing like that. I, for some reason, like that's where my brain went when people described it to me, um, other than doing like power cleans and back squats and bench press, which like, yes, we do those in there. It's powerlifting, but like we do them in CrossFit occasionally do bench press like once a year, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, like I had never, I didn't know what Olympic weightlifting was. Um, I had never really done any of them. I never did gymnastics. Mm, that's a lie. I did it for like a year. And then um, I was probably like six or seven. And I had a gymnastics coach sit on my back in a middle split. And I like <gasps> years and I never went back. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, dude. It was wild. Um, so I can't I believe that that actually happens. That's like in movies or what? Yeah, no, that actually happened. It was crazy. Oh my um, goodness. I'm sorry. You know, I I've let it go by now, but it was, <laughs> it was I don't mean to rehash the past, but like that shit is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, 
other than my one year, like when I was six or seven or something, I never did gymnastics. So all of the movements, except for literally like running and squatting and like jump roping were totally new. And the reason that I walked into the gym was actually because I had run a half marathon and my knee went out on me during the half marathon. And I was so angry because I was like, I'm going to PR, I'm going to run a sub two half. It's going to happen. And I was like right on pace and I got to mile nine and I was like, wow, my knee is kind of starting to hurt. That's weird. I'm just going to like shake it out a little bit. And then like, it just never stopped. And I was so pissed. And so I was like, well, I'm done with running. I'm never doing it again. (laughs) And I happened to be living in Cedar Falls, which randomly has a really fucking good CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. And my cousin was a competitive CrossFitter. You might actually have heard of her, Melissa Doss. Mm -mm. Um, Okay. A lot of CrossFitters follow Melissa Doss. She's been to the games. She's my cousin and she was talking about CrossFit and I was like, cool. Yeah. And like, again, orange theory in my head. And I was like, awesome. I'll try it. So I walked in and like, no idea what I was doing. Um, but they were very, and this is where I think I had maybe a rare experience given a lot of the horror stories I hear about CrossFit. Yeah. They have a whole like foundational Mm -hmm. class. And you are doing movements with a plastic PVC pipe (laughs) before you are allowed to touch a barbell. So Mm -hmm. they teach us, you know, how to do a snatch, how to do a clean and jerk, how to do a bat. Like they teach us all of this with literally a piece of plastic. (laughs) And we have to basically like pass this fundamentals before we're allowed to join the classes. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in the classes, um, a lot of places just have like RX or they just have the RX and scaled. This gym actually has, um, what do they do? RX, gold, and silver. And so they had it um, scaled down twice, basically. And they had a, basically like the first half of class was for a lift. And then the second half of class was for a wad. And that, I like was hooked immediately because I love to learn. And so I was learning a bunch of new things. And when you first start CrossFit, you PR like every day. And so like my ego was just like fucking getting fed every day, but somehow at the same time, like also getting beaten down because I was the weakest person at that gym. (laughs) Um, But I loved it. And so I just kept going back and I realized that I was in an environment that was so focused on, you know, mental toughness and getting strong and doing things the right way with good technique. Um, and I was so spoiled. I actually, when I first moved to Texas in 2015, I remember being in tears because I couldn't find a CrossFit gym that I liked. And so I like that experience was life-changing for me a hundred percent. And it's what really got me thinking about food because I was like, man, I'm doing all the same workouts as all these other women and they're fucking jacked. So I don't know what's going on. And at that time I was vegan and that's like a whole other story. Um, totally wrecked my metabolism. If you're listening and you're plant-based, I hope that you 
have had a lot of education on how to get all the things that your body needs because I did not have that when I was vegan and it was not good. Um, and so that's when I kind of was like, I, there must be something to this whole nutrition thing. Mm. So truly, like if I had never done CrossFit, I probably would not be doing what I'm doing right now. Wow. Yeah. But I loved what you were saying even earlier about um, it's normal. It almost like normalized or empowered you to see like jacked women. Oh, hell yeah. My, if you want to talk about something that has changed, it is my, I guess, aesthetic preference when it comes to women, right? Like all bodies are beautiful a hundred percent, but we all have our preferences, right? Right. We all have our preferences of, you know, color. There's no color yeah. that's worse than another color. They're all fucking colors and they're all beautiful, but the green is the best one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, but yeah, like my vision of like what I wanted to look like was in college was fucking Victoria's Secret models. Mm. I remember putting a picture. Are of- you like five, five? <laughs> Listen, a girl can dream, okay? Yes, I'm 5'5". Five five. Oh um, so my dreams of being a professional volleyball player were also crushed, all right? Yeah, so no anyway, keep bringing up my trauma. Yeah, I mean, no, I am rehashing all of your past. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Um, but literally, I remember having like Alessandra Ambrosio as my computer background at, for a while, right? Like, that's what I thought was like beautiful. And I still like, she's still beautiful. I think she's beautiful, but I, after seeing how like strong and confident and hardworking and just empower, both empowered and empowering these fucking jacked women were, I was like, oh, okay. Yes. I would love to grow muscle. I'm still working on that. Maybe one day we'll have them. It was really cool because my whole idea of what like beauty was and what like healthy bodies looked like really changed. And um, speaking of healthy bodies, this is actually really interesting and something you'll like. My mom and stepdad came to my very first CrossFit competition, which was somewhere in Iowa. I want to say like maybe Dubuque or something like that. Um And I remember afterward, my mom saying, I would never have looked at these people on the street and thought that they could do those things. I was just this tiny little stick. It was a scaled competition. Um, Actually, I forget the name of the competition, but it's like the whole competition is just scaled. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, is it a- Festivus. Festivus, yeah, yeah. And so like there were smaller bodies, there were bigger bodies, like there were all these different bodies and they were all crushing me, right? Like it did not matter what the fuck you looked like. There were women there moving way more weight than I could move, moving faster than I could move in bigger and smaller bodies on accounts. And like, it was just really cool to hear someone who's had, you know, more conditioning than I have, right? She's old, she's my mom. Um, and, and just hearing her say like, wow, like I wouldn't have guessed that. That's really mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the thing that I thought was so cool too, is that like women in larger bodies that society would deem unhealthy were deadlifting their body weight. And I'm like, ah, I'm, 
I don't know how you can be unhealthy, but be so fucking strong. Like, you know, like it, that's really when it was like that cognitive dissonance. It's like what I think is healthy and what I'm seeing, it's not matching up. And that's, I completely agree. That's when my ideas of what healthy and fit really started to shift when they, when they started to shift and change. Um, and there's also this sense of camaraderie. And I think it's, there's still issues, but it's getting better that, men and women are way more seen as equal in a CrossFit gym compared to other um, gym settings. Yes. I know that like we lift different weights and, you know, have to do different amounts of calories on the rower and whatnot, but like, and I think you, you can see that at, you see that at even the elite level, like, you know, you think about Matt Fraser and Tia Claire Toomey and um, training together and her like still being able to keep up with him, you know, and it's like, I'm not surprised. And I think, I think that's another thing that is really cool about the CrossFit environment too. Um, And again, extremely empowering for women. Yeah. I mean, what other sports, maybe there are some, I guess, Olympic lifting, they train together probably, Mm -hmm. but like, men and women aren't playing basketball together. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like they're on separate teams and even in, you know, team competitions, a lot of them are co-ed. And so mm-hmm. you're literally competing with and against men and women. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, women are holding their own. And I just think it's like, yeah, it's that female empowerment is, I, I don't think that there's another sport that compares to what you find in CrossFit and yeah. And I think too, like a lot of the hatred, hatred, that's, that's a harsh word, but a lot of the hatred towards CrossFit is like, you're flinging your body around and all this and all that. But it's like, if you go to a place that has good coaches, they're going to teach you and they're not going to let you do those movements until your body and your, your strength and your mobility is ready to, um, right. Like it's good coaching and there, you can look at any sport in any state or country or whatever, and there are going to be people who are not good, right? There are always going to be people who are not good. But part of it, and this is me speaking from experience too, is like ego and grind, right? Oh, yes. Totally. It has nothing to do with CrossFit and nothing to do with my coaches that I was not taking rest days. Like that's on me. And actually, there are gyms and kilos one of them I don't know if they still do this but like Thursdays they didn't have classes like Sundays they were closed so like you couldn't possibly do a wad every single day like they intentionally had it structured that way so you know there are good gyms there are bad gyms there are good coaches there are bad coaches so let's talk more about your nutrition coaching. Um, for one, I want you to explain, cause I've had several registered dietitians on. And when I heard you talk on, um, the other podcast that, or the podcast that I heard you on, um, I really liked the way you said, you know, like I, I don't prescribe, I don't know. There were certain things that you said that I thought were really important. So I'm curious if you can kind of differentiate nutrition coaching and what your process with clients look like compared to what, like somebody that is you know, has a red, their registered dietitian, what that would look like. I love that you're bringing this up because there is a lot of confusion, I think from potential clients. And there's a lot of like shade that gets thrown between RDs and nutrition coaches. Um, so a couple important things to note are that nutritionists, are not, or, and nutrition coaches are not as regulated as registered dietitians. And 
throw in the term health coach, which often like there are, are, let me just preface this by saying there are health coaches that have certifications and know exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. There are also people who call themselves health coaches who just work for MLMs. And same thing now we're seeing with like people who are calling themselves nutrition coaches. And so you do need to be wary. And regardless of whether you're looking into, you know, a nutrition coach, a nutritionist, even an RD, though RDs we'll get to in a second, not as sketch, um, (laughs) do your research and like ask people what their certifications are. Mm -hmm. I am always fully prepared to rattle off my certifications on consultation calls because I think that people should be asking. I could just be a random fucking person on Instagram that's trying to make money. And there are so many of them. (laughs) There are so many of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I really love the word coach for what I do because, you know, registered dietitians, I guess I'll talk about that first. They actually are going to school and studying to be a dietitian and they are board certified if they are a registered dietitian, right? So they have to take the boards. They do, um, I'm totally blanking on the word, not practicum. That's why I do like for clinicals. Like, yes. Clinicals. They have to do clinicals. Like they have done a lot of time, a lot of research, a lot of studying. They've put a lot into this. And so I sometimes refer out to registered dietitians. If someone comes to me with like serious gut stuff or a ton of food restrictions because of like allergies and tolerances, things like that, that is something that most nutrition coaches and nutritionists should be outsourcing because we don't have the same level of knowledge in those really specific areas. Do I know what food does in our bodies? Yes. Do I know what micronutrients we need? Yes. Do I know what macronutrients we need? Yes. Do I know how our body absorbs them? Yes. Like I know how to help people with food, but I don't know how to help with really specific, more serious issues. I also can't prescribe. So I have a friend who's an RD who has like written me scripts for prescription level, like probiotics and things like that, that you can't get over the counter. So um, those are some things to note. I have kind of dabbled with like what to call myself, whether to call myself a nutritionist, because it sounds more like legit (laughs) or whether to stick with nutrition coach. And one of the things that was in our precision nutrition certification that really resonated with me is that if we are helping people in this capacity where I'm literally working with them, I need to be able to coach them. And all of the knowledge in the world about nutrition can't necessarily translate to helping people, especially when it comes to healing their relationship with food in their body. And so I, you know, RDs know more about food than I do. I know a lot about people. I've studied education. My first job I ever had was a camp counselor. I've been in management. Like I have worked with people so much and that really has translated to the kinds of, yes, my client results, but also the kinds of people who are seeking me out, right? Like I've started getting fewer people who are looking for weight loss or who have those serious food intolerances because I've stopped talking about that. 
make it really clear that like, I'm here to give you education because I can tell you everything that you need to know as an average person walking around, anything you need to know about food. And I can also help you heal your relationship with food in your body. And there are RDs who do that. And there are nutrition coaches who aren't great with people. And so, you know, if you're in the market, definitely like shop around. You don't need to just go to the one person you see on Instagram popping up on your feed all the time. Like if I'm the only person, you know, and we have a call and I'm not a good fit, I'm going to give you like five other names of amazing people I know that you can reach out to. Um, but it is, I think, important to make that distinction and understand that if you need clinical help, you need to see a registered dietitian. If you want to heal your relationship with food in your body, a nutrition coach might be the way to go. Might not because a lot of them just count macros and give you meal plans. Yeah. But, um, legally in the state of Texas, I cannot give meal plans because I'm not a registered dietitian and I'm not a nutritional therapy practitioner. These are other things that like a lot of people don't know. Um, but based on your state, it may or may not be legal for a nutritionist to give you a meal plan. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I knew that about like personal training and health coaching, but I didn't realize that with like the precision, precision nutrition certification. I didn't know that like in Texas, you still couldn't prescribe yeah. a meal plan. And it is, it is state by state. Um, but that's fine because I hate meal plans. Yes. I, <laughs> I don't think they help people. So. Yeah. I feel like meal plans can be really tricky, especially when you're trying to help somebody heal their relationship with food. Like a meal plan's typically not the way to go unless they're literally like have an eating disorder, in which case you wouldn't be working with them either. And they have to have a meal plan because otherwise they won't eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, you know, I have so many people who like, they just don't want to think about it. And they're like, please just tell me what to eat. But the problem with that is that once you're no longer working with me, then what? Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to follow a meal plan for the rest of your life. Right. That's what I tell people about any diet, right? Like if people ask me about fucking keto or whatever it is, name the diet. My question is always, can you eat like that for the rest of your life? If the answer is no, then no, that's not the best diet for you and you shouldn't do it. If you can, great. Like if you want to use a meal plan for the rest of your life and not actually learn anything about food and not actually be empowered to make the decisions that are best for you and your life, then go for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds <laughs> Like really, really yeah. like no judgment, only you can decide what's best for you. Right. But like most of, most people, when I ask them that question, they're like, well, no, I would rather actually be able to trust myself to make the decisions that are best for me. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say too, is like with meal plans, it only distances ourselves more from our body a lot of times because, yeah. you know, we're checking boxes and just doing things. We're not like actually listening to when our body's hungry and mm -hmm. full and you know, what actually sounds good. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a beautiful thing that you can't give out meal plans. That's like why as with my credentials, I can't do that either. And I also can't, um, talk about supplementation. So it's such an easy way out to, well, I can tell you about these things, but I can't tell you if you should use them, but I can refer you to a dietitian. that can yeah. like, it's such a cop out, but I love it. Like it's oh, great. It's like, so, ever it's so since good. I learned that, that's what I say to everyone. I'm like, oh, legally, I actually can't give you meal plans. So yeah, it's like, so next topic. <laughs> um, 
your big thing is um, food freedom. So I want to know a little bit more about what does that mean to you and what does it look like for your clients um, in terms of, of working with you? Totally. So this is another thing that's changed a lot for me. When I first started coaching, I was giving macros and doing some habit tracking. Um, and it like wasn't working and I couldn't figure out why. And the more people I worked with and the more I coached and the more I failed and failed my clients, like I'm sure they wouldn't say that I failed them, but I felt like I failed them. Um, I realized that it didn't actually have to do with food. It had to do with their confidence. It had to do with their self-worth. It had to do with, um, or I shouldn't say it didn't have to do with food, but it didn't have to do with not knowing what to eat, which is often something that I hear from people is that they don't know what to eat. So, and I do think that's part of it. And the reason that diet culture is so prevalent is because we don't know. And what we don't know, like, of course, we're just going to believe whatever we hear, right? Like, literally don't know any better. So my, I think that food freedom looks different for everyone. But the, the big things that I kind of have adopted for both myself and my clients is not ever feeling like you have to earn food, whether that's, you know, that can be perpetuated just in like literal shame and guilt outside of things that have to do with food because I wasn't good, right? If you were rewarded with, with treats as a kid, that can translate to adulthood to feeling like, well, I wasn't good. So I don't, I don't deserve this. Um, not earning it with workouts, not working out to burn calories, but because we enjoy it and, um, not thinking about food all the time is a big one too. If we're constantly drowning in thoughts about food, then we have not yet achieved food freedom. Um, honoring hunger and fullness cues. And that goes both ways, right? Like eating when we're hungry, but also stopping when we're full. And just allowing yourself to eat what you want. It's really interesting. I don't know if you saw this on my Instagram stories, but someone asked me and like an ask me anything that I put up one day. Um, what's the difference between food freedom and just eating whatever the fuck you want and calling it food freedom? So actually those two things are the same. They're exactly the same. Like food freedom is eating whatever the fuck you want. And when people say like, oh, well then I'll just eat like pizza and cookies all the time. I'm like, you won't though won't do it because you'll do that for like a day or two. And then you're going to feel like a garbage can and you're going to want to eat a vegetable. It's it's, and, and that also comes down to self-worth, right? And people always think about it. I shouldn't say always many people think about it in terms of restriction and like, well, I'm not allowed to have cookies and I'm not allowed to have pasta and I'm not allowed to have these things. But when we feel like we're worthy, not only do we know that we are allowed to have those things, but we also know that our body is deserving of nourishment. And so it, it evens out. It ends up being that we eat vegetables because they make us feel good. And we know we deserve to feel good. And we eat cookies because they taste good and we deserve to eat things that taste good. Right. I actually love vegetables too. And I think they fucking taste amazing, but, um, so I think they all taste good, but you know, that is really big. And I think 
understanding what food actually is from the like nerdy standpoint of what carbs, fat, protein, micronutrients do for our bodies, but also from a more overarching thought of like, food is not just fuel. It is culture and it is a way to show affection and it is social and it's all of these other things. And if we're only thinking about food as one of them, right? Like if we're only thinking about it as a coping mechanism, that's a problem. But if we're only thinking about it as fuel, that's also a problem. So just being able to kind of zoom out and like, look at the big picture and say, you know, I do, I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, and it's going to be fine. And yeah, like that's really kind of what my, if I had to choose my goals for my clients, that would be my goal those would be clients. Them. Yeah. That they, <laughs> those are pretty fucking good. And <laughs> trust themselves to make the, the choices that are best for them. And sometimes that's going to be ice cream. Other times mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, fish and green beans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love what you mentioned about, um, I think the fear of eating the quote unquote bad food, junk food, sinful food, whatever it is for people, that fear. I mean, the, the fact that if we allow ourselves to eat those foods and we do eat a shit ton of them, it's probably because we've been restricting for so long for one, but there are apps, there's studies that show that that's not the case, that things really do level out. They even out, they balance out whatever you want to say. And I think you're exactly right. You, did you say, um, what was the word that you used? Was it self trust or, um, I, I did talk about trusting yourself. Self-worth is a big self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think of it, um, I always say like body respect too. It's like respecting your body enough to know that like, I know that I need fiber and I know that I need all these things. Um, and I also know that I need to respect my body enough to give it ice cream when it wants, because like other, she's going to get real pissed off at me. Like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think what you were getting at too, was the mindset piece of it. And I know that's something that you um, work a lot on with, with people too. So tell me more about like the mindset coaching and how maybe it feeds into the nutrition coaching and it might also be separate in places too. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I added, it's funny. I actually got asked on another podcast, um, that I was on about like, what's your mindset certification? Because it said, I call myself like my title. Um, I put that in quotes is nutrition and mindset coach. I don't actually have a specific certification in mindset, though that is a thing. And it's, I'm putting myself in a timeout from certifications for a while, but eventually (laughs) it's probably something that I will do. But the reason that I actually added that was twofold. One, I think that there's still this kind of expectation or yeah, I guess expectation works that a nutrition coach is going to just give you macros or give you a meal plan or tell you what to eat or something like that. And the other piece of it is that we have to address the shit that's going on in our head. If we're going to heal our relationship with food in our bodies, we have to, and it's not easy work to do. And I want the expectation to be that we are going to also work on your mindset. And it's interesting because it must've been some shit that I posted on Instagram, but I had four people in the same week ask me if I was a life coach. And I was like, no. And to me, like I fucking talk about food all the time. So like, 
that was weird to me, but obviously there was something that had resonated with all four of these people that like spoke to them as like, I'm a life coach. And no, I'm not a life coach, but truly when you're talking about holistic health, like there are times when um, I actually had a whole call with a client, I think it was two weeks ago now, maybe three weeks ago, we didn't talk about food the whole time. We talked about her lack of boundaries at work and how that's impacting her health, right? So like all of these things matter. Our environment matters. You know, people talk about willpower all the time. I'm sure you hear it all the time. People talk about willpower and I just need more willpower. And it's like, no, you don't need more willpower. You probably just need to eat more carbs. But aside from that, like, that's our environment. Are you surrounding yourself with people who are supporting you on this journey? If not, that's really hard. I sometimes have clients whose significant others are like not really on board or living. I have a client right now who lives with her sister and her sister could not care less about what she puts in her body. And so it makes it really difficult. And so we have to have these conversations about our environment and about setting boundaries and about values and all of these things that probably aren't top of mind when people think about nutrition, but it's all the same. It's all our health. Yeah. I find that too with fitness also. It's like, I can meet with somebody for fitness, but until we talk about, you know, what's going to have to put, be put in place in order for you to start moving more, is it designating time? So finding childcare or, you know, the way that you manage your time, like what, whatever it is, like it is, I love that you take the holistic approach because so often, and I think it's great that you have in the mindset coach, even without a certificate, because sister, I've heard you talk and like, you know, a thing or two about mindset. So (laughs) you have my stamp of approval as if you needed it. Um, but I think that's such a good point that people don't think about is, um, you know, if we don't address the mindset piece of it, nutrition and getting the right nutrition that we need for ourselves just becomes like another food rule or another diet culture, diet mentality thing. Um, And so I like that you pair those two together so that people know like, oh, when I'm following this person, when I'm going to this person's website, I can expect to get some mindset work too. It's not just going to be a meal plan. (laughs) Cause it's all, and it's, it's about breaking through your own limiting beliefs, right? I hear so many fixed mindset statements, right? Like I never wake up in time. I don't know how to lift weights. I don't know what to eat. I never stick to a schedule, right? Like if you continue to tell yourself these stories, then they're going to continue to be your reality. So we have to work really hard to identify all of the boy, like that shit talker in our head, right? Like a lot of them are named Karen, right now. <laughs> Sorry to all the Karens out there. It's a rough time. You. But like, we've got to tell that inner Karen to like, shut the fuck up. And we have to start rewriting those stories. Otherwise, again, like once someone graduates from this program, even if they have the nutritional knowledge that they didn't have before, what happens if you have a really tough week? Or what happens if we're just in that low of life or we're really busy and, you know, we're not on our A game. Like what's going to happen? Are you just going to throw all that knowledge out the window and let Karen creep back in and start telling you that you suck and you're a failure and you're not good at this? Like we've got to work through that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so important. So you talked about, um, you just mentioned program and I want to talk about your nutrition empowerment program. 
Um, so tell us more about it. What is it? That way people, when they start following you on Instagram, they already know ahead of time. Tell us all the things. Totally. Okay. So when I first started coaching, I was just doing one-on-one. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing one-on-one coaching, but during COVID, I was in a group container for business coaching. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is exactly what I needed. I'm learning mm -hmm. so much from other people. So fun. I have a sense of community. Yes. Like I, I just loved it. And I was like, I need to create this. So the nutrition empowerment project is my baby. Um, it actually used to be called unlock your power. So if you see like old posts and I'm talking about unlock your power, it's the same program. Same it just got an upgrade. So now it's called <laughs> the nutrition empowerment project. Um, and it is a group container. I've had as few as like two or three people in it. And as many as like eight to 10, I want to keep it intimate because I want this to be a really safe space for women to feel like they can be vulnerable and get to know one another. So I will never have one of those group programs that has like 20, 25 people in it. Um, at least not this program. Um, so it's a 12 week program that is, it has a couple different pieces. So we have, I use software that was developed by Precision Nutrition Oh, cool! to deliver nutritional education literally to your email inbox. It's like going to food school. So you learn, <laughs> like literally you have lessons, you learn about protein, fats, carbs, micronutrients, sleep routines, and sleep hygiene. Um, water intake. And those are like, do them, you can do them on your own. I have some people who will do like one per day. Other people will kind of knock them out all at once. That allows you to kind of make this program work regardless of your schedule. We do weekly Zoom calls, coaching calls with me. And I bring in guest coaches that I'm always so fucking stoked about. I like mm, cool. take notes too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's awesome. I have one of my friends is an eating psychology coach. She's come in a couple of times. I have a real mindset coach. She's a li licensed social worker. She does um, like subconscious transformation. She does really powerful stuff. I've had um, a stress management coach come in, a personal trainer, social health coach. I've got a breathwork facilitator coming in this time. Like just all sorts of stuff that like, I can't, I would love to know everything, but I just don't. And so one of the really cool things that Instagram has done is allowed me to build this amazing community of other people who I get to bring into this container. So we have those coaching calls that are on Zoom. And then I have a private Facebook group where all the Zoom calls go if anyone ever misses a call and I'm in there every day. So if any questions pop up between calls, you can just type them in the Facebook group and I like coach you in the Facebook group. Um, this program is great for anyone who, I know that some people like to kind of keep their journey private. So anyone who loves having a community of other like-minded women who are there to uplift you and you get to uplift them, which is also really empowering. Um, people who want to unfuck their food mindset. That's actually my tagline of the program. <laughs> I love that. You know, you know, I love a good square word, Laura. Listen. <laughs> Oh man. So, you know, setting boundaries is huge. That's something we talk about a lot on our calls. We actually did an activity in the last round to figure out what our core values were. That's going to drive our whole life. Right. And it's something that a lot of us don't sit down and do. So that was a really powerful activity that we did. Um, but, you know, I just see so much transformation within the 12 weeks and there's always an option at the end of the program too, to, I have, 
I usually have several people fly from the nest and several people that are like, oh my God, let's keep working together because they like realize that they want to keep leveling up and they want to keep fine tuning. And that's always really cool too, to see them get really excited about this the same way that I got excited about it. Um, but it's just, I love it. And I'm an extrovert. So I love the group setting myself also. And I get to see them every week. I meet with my one-on-one clients usually um, t- every two weeks. So I like that I get to see these ladies every week for 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. That is so cool how it, you really do, it really is an, a holistic approach to their nutrition. And it's really, I mean, what I really like about it is that um, like the core value piece, we don't think that that plays an impact, but it does in everything that we do. Um, and that you bring in other coaches. So they have the opportunity to learn from them as well. Um, that's such a cool program. And I can attest to the small group. I also did like a 12 week, 12 week small group, uh, mentorship program. And it was, um, there's something, and I'm also fairly extroverted. Um, but there's something about like a sense of struggling together, um, and sharing hardships, but also celebrating each other's wins and having like you know, two or three or seven other women to like celebrate the shit that you're doing, because it's one thing to hear your coach say like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. That's a big deal. But as a, you know, mentee or coachee or a person being coached, it's like, oh yeah, you're supposed to fucking say that shit. But when you have like the other women who are like, holy shit, that's a big, yeah. yeah. And again, it goes back to even what we were talking about with like, you know, CrossFit and female empowerment. Um, So I love like bringing women together um, and then looking at their, their health in a holistic approach and their nutrition in that way. Um, Yeah. It sounds like such a good, such a good program and, and project that you're doing. So awesome. I, one of the, I'm really big on feedback. So I send feedback forms to them six weeks in. And then again, at the end of the program, And so I'm always making changes because I want to make sure that like literally everything that my clients need, I'm giving them. Um, And one of the women who did the last round had said on her final feedback form that she was really hesitant about joining a group program. She was like, "I'm, I'm pretty shy and reserved and like private. And I really didn't know about the group program, but I learned so much from other people's questions and I connected with like, they all follow each other on Instagram now and stuff. Like she, it was just so, so cool to see that happen. That's such a good point too. Like if you are just more shy, you may not feel comfortable asking those questions. So to get that feedback and, and hear those answers that you may not have heard otherwise, I've never thought about that, but yeah, that is so cool. And yeah, I can also attest to the, like you become friends on Facebook and you follow each other on Instagram. And I can imagine from like your perspective, from like the the creator of it, it's probably really fulfilling to see again, like this group of women continue to, to connect with each other and empower each other. Oh, cool. That's amazing. That's so- and so with the nutrition empowerment project that you also have, um, a scholarship for it. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. So, um, I am, <laughs> I think a lot of us had a, an awakening in 2020 And even being married to a person of color, I still had an awakening in 2020. And um, I am also in a group called Fitness Ambassadors that used to be just Dallas, but because so many things went virtual, it's actually nationwide now. So like wherever you're listening, you should check us out. Um, We've got someone in San Francisco. We actually have someone in Iowa who's in the group. Um, 
one of the things that we really started talking about was how whitewashed the health and wellness industry is. And um, hearing from some of my Black friends and friends of color, especially women of color in the health and fitness space, saying things like, you know, I would walk into a studio and people would look at me like, why am I there? And like, especially larger bodied Black women just being looked at like, what the fuck are you doing here? And so in having some of these conversations, I realized that there are women who need this, who don't reach out for it. And so part of it is almost um, just incentivizing them to say, you know, like, this is a safe place for you. And I want you to get the help that you need. And also from an equity perspective, like, they're all behind. They did not have a head start like we did. And so financially, what I do is I will offer two scholarships each round that are 50% scholarships. So whatever the enrollment is, um, sometimes it changes just based on the guest coaches, but whatever the enrollment is, half of that is the enrollment for two people. Now it is intended to be a BIPOC scholarship, but anyone can apply. So I had um, actually... No, no one was BIPOC in the last round, but I still gave out scholarships because there was a financial need. So if you're sitting here like, man, this sounds cool, but like, I don't have any money. Like this is your sign that there is a a space for you. Um, And I also just feel really strongly about making sure that regardless of whether people want or need a scholarship, the fact that I'm saying like, I have this and I'm offering it. And this is a place where you are welcome means that if this opens the door for someone, even for one-on-one coaching, because they feel comfortable with me, then that's also part of what I'm going for. So, yeah. Yeah. I just think, cause that was the, you were the first person that I saw that offered a scholarship. I've since seen one other person that I follow do that. Um, I'm trying to think of who it is. Um, but I just thought it was really cool, especially when, when you mention equity, because, when it comes to nutrition knowledge and oftentimes um, access to nutrition and that information, people that have a lower socioeconomic status, like they, they don't have access to that. You know, they oftentimes don't have access to that. Um, and we also know that just based on the way our country is, that a lot of times um, folks of color are the ones that you know are pushed into those lower um, income brackets and classes. So that's something that um, I actually, I have, uh, I guess now I can probably call her a friend, but she's a DEI trainer that I have hired. Or is it educator? Portia? Yes. Yeah. I follow her now. She's yeah. amazing. So Portia Boston. Yes. She helped me create the scholarship, make sure that my wording was inclusive. And like, I'm really big on making sure that people know that I'm here to like, yes, help people acknowledge that the health and fitness space is fucking white as hell, acknowledge that not everyone has access to the same programs and resources. And so whatever I need to do to make this information more accessible to people, I'm going to do. Yeah. And I just have to say thank you for speaking up and um, calling people out. I think that maybe not directly, but like just the industry in general, it's really even like the whole idea of body positivity. It's like you said, been whitewashed and co-opted by, you know, white women. And um, 
Yeah. So I think it's, it's a topic that like you, like you this past year has just like slapped me in the face 5 million fucking times. And, um, every time that I'm like, okay, I get this shit. It's like, poop, poop. no, you don't like, <laughs> there's more to learn. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I just think that you, the fact that you offer it and that you're willing to talk about it and, um, call the industry out is something that, um, I hope for those of you that are listening, you feel even more empowered to do that. Um, because it needs to happen. Like, diet culture and the diet mentality, it's all rooted in fat phobia and racism and other forms of oppression. And we got to dismantle that shit. (laughs) So if you are a health and wellness or fitness practitioner, um, professional, it is your duty to do that. If you truly care about, um, you know, making people healthier then you, you have to talk about the racism and the white supremacy that Mm -hmm. has infiltrated the health and wellness space. So And Portia, actually, um, you probably know this from following her, but just for people listening, she actually is in the health and wellness space specifically. So she does DEI training and education. um, And much of that is focused on the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. She is a bar instructor. She's a personal trainer. She does, um, I think also, sorry, Portia, if I butchered this, I think she does like prenatal stuff as well. Okay. Um, But like, she's a, she has clients who are personal training clients and all of that. So she is well aware of like what is happening in the fitness space and her trainings that she does are often specifically for people like us mm. who are in the health and wellness industry. Yeah. So yeah, I saw her post, um, like a workout the other day and that's when I realized that she's also a personal trainer and I was like, okay, I love you even more now. Like, yeah. <laughs> so does she, I, I should just connect with her and ask, but, um, yeah, does she offer like a, a coaching program, like a DEI coaching program, or is she kind of like a consultant or. So you can book one-offs with, with her, which is what I did initially for the scholarship. She also does, she's about, well, I don't know when her next one will be. She does what's called woke weekend. Oh yeah. I saw you you did that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a three day. I did the one back in January that she offered. And it was like, I think it's like three hours, Friday, three hours, Saturday, three hours, Sunday. And it's like this weekend intensive Mm. that is focused on, um, the health and wellness industry. Cool. So she will likely, I mean, it was a great program and I know that she's at least offering it a second time. I imagine that she'll continue to offer that. Mm-hmm. So um, keep your eye out, peeps, for woke woke weekends. Woke get weekend. Woke. <laughs> get woke. Get woke. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I did a workshop with Chrissy King, and um, oh, oh my, you did the, the one that she did like way back in June. Yeah, like the anti-racism yeah. for wellness yeah. professionals. Yeah, and I was just like, because that was the first time, like, and I, I admittedly that's the first time that I had ever heard somebody talk about like racism and wellness and I just remember like sitting there thinking like holy fuck I'm so racist like the amount of students that I probably offended like yeah it's just and I think calling it out is it's I'm I'm so again it's it's awful that it's had to happen the way that it has um and I'm very grateful that I'm at least one of the hopefully many of people that are learning from it because (laughs) yeah so I know we're, we're getting to the end of our time together. Tell me for one, if there's any other um, services that you haven't promoted. I know that you talked a lot about um, obviously the nutrition empowerment project and you do work one-on-one, you do work one-on-one with folks and they can sign up and yeah, tell more. 
Yeah, yeah. I am. So I am almost finished being a teacher and almost. I see your paper coach. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all need a fucking paper chain. Like I'm five. I rip one off every day when I get home from school. (laughs) So um, I will be opening up more um, one on one coaching spots for sure um, soon. I mean, I'm sure I can squeeze a person or two in, um, but I do also have, I have two different tiers of one-on-one coaching just kind of based on your time commitment and your financial investment. So I do email only. And like, I've had some very successful clients who literally like we never meet on zoom. It's just using pro coach and coaching via, it's not actually email. It's all in an app. Um, but using the pro coach app to coach, um, they've been very successful and that way, literally everything they're doing is on their own time. I get a lot of moms who choose this one because they want to hang out with their kids in the evenings. Um, and they're working during the day. So I also do all access, which gets you, um, two calls per month with me. And it also allows you to pop into the guest coaching calls for the nutrition empowerment project. Oh, cool. Yes. So that is a huge bonus, um, for my all access one-on-one clients. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. I have a lot of fun projects in, um, a document that I haven't been able to do anything with yet, (laughs) um, because of school, but this summer I am going to be, I say summer, it'll be like, well, yeah, I guess June is summer. So this summer I'll be rolling out a few new things. So you can stay tuned for a couple collabs with some of my favorite coaches, um, moms and dads. I've got something coming out for you. And um, I'm also going to launch like a self-paced program. Oh, very cool. People who like don't necessarily want me like all up in their business, but like still want to learn more than they know. I've got works for that too. So we've got some things that are going to roll out. Oh my gosh. You should be a business coach. You're just like motivating me to, <laughs> to want to do all this. It's so great. I love it. I just love you so much. So cool. Yay. Tell, tell us where we can find you because you guys, you have to follow Laura, um, on the gram for sure. So tell us where, um, yeah, we can find you on social media. Yes. I'm on the gram far too often. <laughs> no, me too. It's so hard. Get me off of this shit. Right. So you can find me at lara.days and I'm going to spell it because my name's weird. Um, it's L-A-R-A dot days, D-A-Y-S, like days of the week. That one's easy. Um, that's me. And that's where I am like all the time. And then once you find me on Instagram, like slide into my DMs. I love to talk to people. Um, my website's linked on there. Um, you can like book an exploration call. That's one other thing I do actually that I always forget to talk about is people will ask if I do one-offs and I totally do. Like I do, um, 45 minute exploration calls. You tell me your whole life story in a quick, not that quick, um, (laughs) Google form so that I know kind of what your deal is, what you're coming from, what you're looking for, what your struggles are. We hop on a 45 minute call, hash it all out. And I send you notes afterward. Oh yeah. That is cool. Yeah. And like no commitment necessarily. It's literally just one call. And like, if you wanted to book a second one, you certainly could. I've had a couple people do that. Um, But if you're like, "Uh, I just need some like clarification about a few things or like you feel like you've been in a good place, but maybe have hit a plateau, don't necessarily have 
um, the finances to invest in a coach right now, like this is a really good option. Um, you can literally book that and like the book now button on my Instagram. I just, I do everything on Instagram. So just find me there. Well, thank you so much, Laura. This has literally been so fun. I love your personality. I love your energy. I love your philosophy around nutrition and just who you are. I appreciate your honesty, your openness, and um, you really are empowering. Like, holy shit. I can only imagine how empowering you are in your program and, you know, the project that you have, because I can feel it. It's seeping into my veins. Oh my God. I, well, I love you back and I love what you do also. Like legit, when I see any person who's trying to like dismantle diet industry and empower women, I'm like, we're best friends now. <laughs> yes. It's like, can we be best friends? Yes. yes. Do you want to go do karate in the yes. garage? Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of GTB. If you aren't already, be sure to give Lara a follow on Instagram at lara.days to stay up to date with all the things that she is doing. If you liked this episode, feel free to leave a review over on iTunes, share it on your Instagram story, and tag me at Give em the Bird Podcast. I will see you back here in two weeks for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.